Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. continues to share headlines and news reports from around the globe which point to the rapture of the church being just on the horizon. But as you listen, remember that despite the troubling news, Jesus is still on the throne. He knows exactly what's happening and promises that victory is near. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 29, 2020. Let's get to it. Got a lot to get to today. What I want to do is answer the question of what can I do in light of all that's happening in the world, coming to the world, and even upon the world. I am keenly aware that many are really having a hard time with everything that's happening. And it's getting worse. And it's getting scary, admittedly. Nothing wrong with admitting that. It is. It's, man, you know, we always talk about as Christians, how how do non-Christians cope? Well, they don't. They go to a bottle. And in that bottle, there's either alcohol and or pills. That's how they try to deal with it. One need look no further than to the breaking news, blanketing our news feeds to see that dire days are getting darker by the day. (laughs) This is what we love about you, Pastor J.D., just so uplifting, so perky. (laughs) Well, if you'll stay with me, this ends very well for Christians, okay? And for non-Christians, it can. It can end well. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. The good news is Bible prophecy is coming to pass with each passing day, and it's bringing us closer to the trumpet sound on that great and final day when Jesus raptures us out of this Christ-rejecting world. That's the good news. All right, let's close in prayer. That was, uh, no, there's a lot, lot to get to. I want to draw your attention to three prophecies that are in play today and I believe serve as indicators of just how close we really are. And the first one is Isaiah 17.1, which is a prophecy about the destruction, the total destruction 
of Damascus, Syria, so much so that it becomes uninhabitable. And I am of the belief, and we've talked about this specific prophecy along with Ezekiel 38 for many years, most recently the last couple of years, but I truly believe that Isaiah 17.1, this prophecy about the destruction of Damascus, Syria, is a trigger, a catalyst if you prefer, for the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38, because Ezekiel 38 is a prophecy about this alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, and Turkey, and others, and they invade Israel. And what's very interesting is that in verse 13, there is this specific detail about the modern day nation and area of what we know today as Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states only merely protest and question this invasion, meaning that they have good foreign relations with Israel at the time that this happens. Now why is that important? Well, it's very important because recently the Abraham Accords normalized relations with Israel with these very Gulf states in this very region that over 2,500 years ago the prophet Ezekiel wrote about. And it's happening exactly as we're told it would. The third prophecy is a well-known and often talked about one, especially recently, by virtue of the COVID-19 vaccine, which now seems to be just days away. What I'm speaking of, of course, is the Revelation 13 prophecy about the mark of the beast, without which no one will be able during the tribulation to buy or sell unless they have this mark. I would suggest that the breaking news from just this last week, it was, you would think Thanksgiving week, everybody could just kind of chill. But no, it was a very, very busy week in terms of Bible prophecy, and so much happened. And all that happened, I believe, points to the unprecedented acceleration of these prophecies, along with the many others as well. I'll start with this zero hedge post on Monday about what they call the Great Relocation. Americans are relocating by the millions because they can feel what is coming. This is a really odd time to be having a housing boom, but even though more than 70 million Americans, think about that, let that number sink in, 70 million Americans have filed new claims for unemployment benefits this year, home sales are absolutely rocking. How in the world is this possible? Well, this phenomenon is actually quite easy to explain. As our society comes apart at the seams all around us, vast numbers of Americans are seeking greener pastures. According to ABC News, the chaotic events of 2020 
have caused millions of Americans to relocate. We have never seen anything quite like this before, and it is anticipated that this trend will continue into 2021. Even though most Americans don't know exactly what is ahead, I think that on some level many of them can feel what is coming, and they're getting out of the big cities while they still can. As the economic suffering in the U.S. intensifies, the number of people wanting to leave will almost certainly go even higher. With each passing day, more new restrictions are being put in place to try to control the COVID pandemic, and these new restrictions are going to make our ongoing economic depression a whole lot worse. Already it has become clear that another huge wave of economic pain is upon us. The clock is ticking, and it appears that our day of reckoning is nearly here. I would suggest that said day of reckoning is not nearly here. It's already here. On Thursday, the Jerusalem Post published a report about President Trump saying that delivery of the coronavirus vaccine would begin next week and the week after. Speaking to U.S. troops overseas via video link to mark, I wish they wouldn't have used that word, the Thanksgiving holiday, Trump said the vaccine would initially be sent to frontline workers, medical personnel, and senior citizens. Yesterday I happened upon an interesting video that was published on the Washington Post website in which they interviewed former President Barack Obama, who has some very interesting things to say about the vaccine. I'm going to quote, and as I do, I want you to notice something uh, in this quote. Part of the challenge, at least for the first two vaccines that were developed, is that they have to be stored at certain temperatures. That puts a little additional challenge on distributing it widely. I think one of the first tasks for the Biden administration coming in is going to be to make sure that we have clear protocols about who gets it first. You know, whether it's frontline workers, people who are most vulnerable, and then move forward from there, and then we have to consider the international issues. Historically, what's happened is that when you have drugs developed like this, they're expensive, and oftentimes very poor countries are the last to get it, if they get it at all. And international coordination around that process is going to be very important. Then finally, as I said, we are going to have to make sure the public messaging counteracts 
whatever suspicions, conspiracy theories, you know, the anti-vax internet is pretty powerful. And we are going to want to make sure we roll that out in a way that elicits trust from the public as much as possible. Close quote. We? What? Wait a minute. What's this we stuff? I thought it was right against left, Trump against Biden, Republican against Democrat. Oh, now we are just one big happy family. Hmm. Dare I say, these are two sides on the same coin. Let me take it a step further and suggest that there are two heads on the phoenix rising out of the ashes. I'm going to leave that one right there. On Thursday, Arut Sheva in Israel published an interesting article with the heading, We Won't Force Vaccine, But Here's What We Will Do. What? Well, listen to this. Health Ministry Director Hezi Levy yesterday insisted to reporters that we won't force people to take a vaccine. Israeli law doesn't allow for it. Speaking before the Special Knesset Coronavirus Committee, Medical Center Chief Medical Officer and Chief Innovation Officer Dr. Iyal Zimlachman listed measures that are being planned to, listen to this word in quotation marks, maneuver, hang on to that, the population into vaccinating as a way of regaining freedom of movement. You want your life back? (laughs) Quoting, the issue of how to, here's another word, quotations, motivate, hang on to that one too, maneuver, motivate. We'll come back to it the issue of how to motivate vaccine compliance has generated increasing interest with commentators such as Mike Cernovich writing, quote, government won't force you to take a vaccine. Amazon will. Airlines will. Banks will. Still quoting, you won't be able to buy sell, or trade without the vaccine. Close quote. What? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? That, what? What do these people do? They get up in the morning and they look at Revelation chapter 13. Oh, yeah, well, that's right. We got to make sure that they know that they can't. But I'm being silly because <laughs> if I'm not, I'll cry. Question, if this is so deadly, as we're being told it is, then why, pray tell, 
do people need to be maneuvered and motivated? I mean, call me silly, I've been called much worse. But wouldn't it stand a reason that if this was as bad as they're telling us it is, that people would not need to be motivated or maneuvered? <laughs> they would need to stand in line. Come on. Doubtless you've already heard about airlines such as Qantas that will require proof of vaccination in order to travel. This was also breaking last week as well. You'll be hearing more about this in the weeks ahead vis-a-vis -vis none other than the World Economic Forum. We've talked about them quite a bit. And what's called Common Pass. Common Pass is a platform that lets people safely and securely collect their health information, whether it is a negative COVID test result or eventually a record of a COVID vaccination. And then manage that information, control it themselves, you know, right? And then be able to let that information be used to demonstrate that they have had a negative test or that they have been vaccinated so they can get on an airplane or travel to another country. This brings us to more breaking news last week in this Wall Street Journal report. I'm sure you heard about this about a divided Supreme Court blocking New York from imposing strict limits on attendance at religious services to combat COVID-19, with new Justice Amy Coney Barrett casting the pivotal vote to depart from past cases that deferred to state authorities on public health measures. In orders issued late Wednesday, the court in a 5-4 vote set aside attendance limits that Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo imposed on houses of worship in areas most severely affected by the coronavirus. Now, bear with me for a moment. While I realize on its face this appears to be a big win for religious freedom, Personally, I have no less than two concerns with this. The first of which is that our freedom to worship does not come from the Supreme Court. It comes from God. It doesn't come from the government. It doesn't come from a president. It comes from God. That's the first concern. The second concern is this. Trending on social media, I have grave concerns because churches may in fact be blamed for a manufactured super spread of cases as they actually in fact already are. Could be a trap. Could be a trap. 
I suppose this Christian Post article should come as no surprise. Christian Medical Group urges churches to stop gathering amid pandemic. Don't make church an idol. You know, I oftentimes have to ask the Lord, Lord, <laughs> is it me? <laughs> or is this world completely insane? I think I just got the same answer from you that I got from the Lord. No, the answer is not, I'm insane. The world's insane. <laughs> just to clarify. Quoting, the Christian Medical and Dental Association is urging churches to pause in-person meetings in order to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Well, church is a priority. It should not become an idol. The group stressed, grounding its statement in Jesus' words, and I'll tell you, this is the go-to from all of those like you, I'm sure, You've heard this argument in the Gospels about loving one's neighbor. You're not loving if you open the church. Hmm. So now church is an idol. Oh, it is a priority. We'll give you that. But you're making it an idol. And besides that, you're not loving your neighbor. You're endangering them by opening the church. This is wrong on every level. Every level. Ah, oh, Lord help me again. I knew I was going to lose it on this one. But maybe I need to lose it, so I don't lose it. <laughs> oh, I think about Paul to the Corinthians. You think that's love? What you're doing, you think that's love? That's not love. This is what love is, and that's where we get the famous love chapter. It was a rebuke. Oh, we, we read that love chapter, we recite it at weddings. It's just, it's so oh, loving. Love is patient, love is kind. You'll forgive me. But when Paul wrote that by the Holy Spirit, it was a rebuke. You have no idea what love is. You think that's love? That's not love. This is love. This is love. I say to anyone who would dare use this ah, blank argument, <laughs> to anyone who would use this stupid argument, I say to you, the church is open because right now, more than any other time in human history, people need the church to be open. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. 
Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.